Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz, and you're listening to my podcast because you're awesome. Uh, welcome to this week's show, which is the talented, the charming, the dashing Mr. Adam Scott, fellow podcaster, I might add. Uh, if you're not checking out his podcast with Scott Ackerman, all about you two on the Wolf Pop Network, well... I don't know what your glitches do. Check it out. Uh, but also of note and talked about in this podcast, among other things, is Hot Tub Time Machine 2, which is now out in theaters, which uh, you should check out if you like funny things with smart people like Adam and Rob Cordry and Craig Robinson and Clark Duke. Uh, that is worth your time. As is this podcast, which was a blast. Uh, Adam is... Uh, is a fan of the podcast. He's been very kind in the past um, about wanting to appear, and uh, I was thrilled that he made some time when he stopped by New York uh, to chat. Um, lots of fun in this one, going down uh, through his career. Um, some interesting films, to say the least, early on, um, the likes of which you probably weren't aware of. Did you know Adam Scott was in a Hellraiser movie? He was in a Star Trek movie, um, plus lots about Party Down and Parks and Rec and uh, the aforementioned hot tub time machine. Uh, Adam's just a smart, fun, cool dude. Uh, so uh, he was on the list for a while and, like I said, thrilled that it happened, that we made it work on his hectic schedule. Um, so that's about all I have to say, because this is a long one. He, uh, he was able to stop by for a while. So I'm going to throw right over to this conversation. As always, guys, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz, and go over to wolfpop.com and check out all the amazing podcasts over there. Uh, but now, folks, it is time. Settle back. Keep running on that treadmill. Do whatever it is you do. Enjoy Mr. Adam Scott. Oh, look, Adam Scott just dropped into my, my room. Oh, hey, hi. Are we even, recording? I didn't even see you there. Yeah, Did, I dropped from the ceiling. You didn't see You repelled me. down, but in such a, like, like a Mission Impossible kind of Yeah, gravity doesn't apply to me, Josh. Well, now that you're a big movie star. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> gravity doesn't apply to any person working in film or television. I want to note, I cut off like the natural pleasantries of like a natural human conversation to just say, fuck it, we're, we're doing this, Adam. Yeah. I don't want to I talk noticed. to you as a human being. I saw that. <laughs> uh, we went straight from something you... you like a legitimate for like, both human of our, interaction. For both of us, we do not want included on the podcast, straight into the podcast. Right. Seamless. Mm-hmm. You enjoying your Perrier? I, I said that before you even had a sip. I, I, Is that your preferred okay, now, sparkling beverage? Now ask me. Did you enjoy your Perrier? I loved I mean, that was a particularly great sip of Perrier. How bubbly do you like your sparkling beverages? Because my wife doesn't like it super bubbly. Okay, so she probably likes Pellegrino then. I feel like Pellegrino has got a sharp, like, really? You think Pellegrino's on the lower end? Yeah, Perrier definitely has sharper bubbles. Huh. Pellegrino, to me, feels like a Perrier that's been left out for a while. Right. Wouldn't that be amazing if we found out that was actually the case? <laughs> if at the factory, it's just a, a bunch of open bottles of Perrier aging. The saddest 60 Minutes investigation ever. Yeah. I think that's Bob Simon's Morley, last one. Morley Safer can go figure this one out. How is Morley Safer still around? And, oh, my God. Yeah, that Bob Simon thing is so sucks. sad. You know, my, my mom, she's literally at the service right now. She really? dated Bob Simon when they, they really? both grew up in Great Neck. And... 
said oh, literally in shit. front of my dad the other day, he was the love of my life when I was when I was a teenager, oh, of course. Oh my god. <laughs> she qualified it. Your mom dated Bob Simon. Isn't that crazy? That is so he was a very handsome man. He was a handsome man. And a very I always loved he was my wife's favorite. He's very the dignified. Love the Bob Simon, apparently. Yeah. Um it's so sad. Yeah. What a sucks. bummer. And then David Carr, like a day later. I saw you and I both, yeah, everybody. I feel like everybody that like, I respected, about everybody that, that I respected yeah. on Twitter was like cut to the core. Because yeah. he just, he was special. Man. I loved in that documentary Page watching one. him take down those Vice guys. I watched it again after he God damn, passed. It's I went so back to that great. clip. <laughs> that particular scene? Yeah. It's great. It's so great. Because the Vice guy, I mean, I like Vice in yeah. its own way, but like they're so fucking cocky. They yeah. walk in there. They're like, we're, listen, we're changing everything. We know how to talk to young people. Yeah. You guys don't quite know, but Carr knew how to talk to everybody. I I, I like their show. I like Vice, the the, um, HBO show, very much. Me too. But that was particularly satisfying. Yeah. Just because he was so old school. um, And I wish we had like... I know we have a lot of those guys. I just hate that they're very rare. Very yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's good to see you. As you always. do, man. We saw each other in Sundance. Yes, you heckled me from the street. That was that was pleasant. I did. I yelled at you out of I a felt window. So cool. Wow. Some some super A list stars rolling down his window to scream at me. Well, first of all, maybe C list, and you look deeply embarrassed. Well, that's my general default look. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I understand that. I just peed in the snow, and I was hoping no one would notice, yep. and you called me out on it. In public. <laughs> During the day, just right there. Um, can I just say that's yeah. one of my favorite Scorsese movies? I feel like it's underrated, Color it's of Money. deeply underrated. I feel like not only the movie is very underrated, but people always say Paul Newman was given that Oscar as like a, you know, oh. a career achievement award. That performance totally. is insane. Insane. That's a great – and Cruz is so good in that. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio in that movie is amazing. That, that is a great movie. Richard Price wrote it. Yep. yep. What a great movie. Um, I love the ending of that movie. Do you remember the ending? It's like him and Cruz. Oh, I hated the ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It, I, I totally agree. Right? The ending is great. He just says, I'm back, and then yeah. he oh. – after he goes swimming to get his right, but gets his glasses. I uh, I think I'd seen the hustler by then. That's but it's its own animal. It's its I own saw this thing. first. Yeah, just as a child of the eighties. I guess I must have. Yeah, because that because that I was probably ten, so I doubt I would see the hustler actually. Now, but I say it. I, I, the I hustler is a great movie, but yeah. for me, this one is. I pre- personally just, like this. Did you just one. bring that up because you know Martin Scorsese and you worked with Martin Scorsese and just wanted to like you're slyly going to Yeah, I was hoping you would you would segue into that. No, but I've heard people on your podcast talk about the color of money poster and no one I know, I feel like they they just kind of like, yeah, that was okay. Yeah. No one gives the movie. You give it props, but no one, yeah. I, I feel like that's a major movie. And, and then This Means War, you're a big fan of, which is also. This Means my, War, one of the. Who signed this? Who signed the Back to, Back the, to the Future? Back to the Future is. Uh, that's Zemeckis and Michael J. Fox. Oh, you got them both to sign that? That's great. Um, speaking of time travel, look at this. Yeah. Oh, look what I just did. I keep giving you these softballs to it's segue. So good. This is why you're a great interviewee. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on Hot Tum Time Machine. 
two. Thank you very much. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Oh, you saw it. I now know to look people in the eye when I um, uh, tell them that I actually uh-huh. enjoyed their film. Uh-huh. Because recently, I'm not going to name the film in Sundance. Uh-huh. An actor, uh-huh. a couple actors, asked me before the interview what I thought of the movie. Uh-huh. I did not look them in the eye. Yeah. I did not enjoy their movie. Yeah. And I said it was it was crazy. And did they call they you? They totally called me out. Really? And it was really upsetting because it was their first interview. Oh, no. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> their first interview of all their press? Literally. It was the first interview that morning. Was the movie not received well in general? No, it wasn't. So, so oh, I was not boy. an outlier. And it, it, honestly, it colored the interview. It was, it was sort of I like, might be able to call what movie it was <laughs> if you – after the – Okay, we'll play that game That's afterwards. such a bummer. I, I, I know the feeling of – can you, who's it more uncomfortable for doing press when you know the movie's shitty? I guess it's more uncomfortable for you. You have to just go through it. And- yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's a bummer because you you have to support it because you you even though it's not great, you still want it to do fine. Yeah, because you worked on it and you're obligated to try to get the word out or whatever and. But you know it's not great. You know that no one that sees it will like it. At least with Hot Tub, I know for a fact this is going to hit the bullseye for a certain um, sect. Like everyone that loved the first one will think this is funny. Um, I wouldn't think. You know, Bob Simon would love Hot Tub Time Machine too. I heard this was the last film we saw before <laughs> oh, it passed. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> um, no, you're totally right. It, it, it totally works within the parameters yes, that it's supposed to work. Absolutely, and there, a lo- there's a lot of really funny stuff in it. Um, but, uh, but I've certainly been on that end where there's a movie that does not work on any level, right. re- truly, uh, and but you have to. To interview, you know, it's a bummer. The um, this one, you were not in the first hot tub time machine, right? Correct, right? I do my research. Yes, you were not, right? <laughs> That's, that, that is correct. <laughs> That's all I know about. That's Very all I know good. about your career. Very good. So Josh. if you could just lead me the rest of the yes. way, <laughs> great. Um, um, no, but um, obviously, uh, and you're not like playing the John Cusack role by right. any means. I'm playing that his been fun. son ten years in the future. So right, I'm. I was born, you know, it's like 10 years in the future. So I'm uh, the same age as the guys and they come to the future and I'm there. I'll I'll say this because you're not allowed to, but I'm guessing it was probably a lot more pleasant set this time around trading John in for you. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to touch that one. Of course not. (laughs) No, I'm not. He's just, I I don't think he's like a, a, I don't know. I don't know much about him except that I feel like. Have you interviewed him? Once or twice, not a lot. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. But was it? How you did know, it go? Here's a fun story. Actually, I interviewed him for 2012, the uh-huh. Roland Emmerich movie. Oh yeah, sure. And it was at the time that it was the I believe it was the 25th anniversary of Say Anything. Okay. And uh, Josh with his funny bits, his uh-huh. stupid silly bits. Uh-huh. You know me. I walked into it was a junk. Did you hold a boombox well, up? So here's oh, the no. thing though. Okay. But they had. Um, at the time, the whatever company was putting out on DVD for a 25th anniversary thing had people literally out here in Times Square with cardboard boombox things okay. promoting it. Okay. So we got one of those, and I'm doing the interview. It was him and Amanda Pete were paired, uh-huh. and towards the end of it, uh, I just I referenced it, and then I and I I brought it out like on top of my head. It wasn't like I started singing yeah. or anything. I was just like, "What is this?" I literally said, "Like, what? How does this make you feel when you see someone do this?" Uh-huh. And 
he is so upset <laughs> and so wants to, and literally basically says, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. Please don't sure. do that. <laughs> sure. Um, Not probably the last thing he wanted But it's a strange see. thing. And again, I'm going to do monologue here because you, you have a career and you're probably going to work with him at some point. But it's a strange thing that like, it's such a great movie. It's Cameron Crowe. Like, why are you not yeah. embracing that? I don't know. I, whatever. I, I guess um, don't take his side against me. I see what you're I'm, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm just thinking, just not ever, not knowing him at all, but just gleaning from his work what I would think his personality right. would be like. I guess I would think that that's not something he would love. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's his work is like unparalleled like no totally that dude has some classic movies and just classic performances um uh just amazing stuff when when you so when you're in the junket and some stupid schmo like me some clown comes Uh in with a prop or a clown wig or something what how do you feel you know what we just did the junket in la and when people come in with stuff that they've planned or props that they've brought in for me, it was it was a f- breath of fresh air, yeah. and it was it just kind of cuts the tedium, yeah. and the interview is so much better yeah. because it livens everyone up. You get your kind of brain going again, right? Because after two days of answering the same four five questions or whatever, right. you start to sort of become a zombie. So th- there were only a handful of people who did bring in like a game or yeah. whatever, and it was so. It was great, and me, Rob, and Clark, and Craig would applaud them every time they did bring something in. Just to bring you some sanity yeah. and break you out of the monotony. Yeah. Well, and also, as you mentioned, you're doing it with like some crazy, awesome improv guys by your yeah. side that can like... That's true. Every, literally every year, I think, at Comic-Con, where we do an insane amount of interviews, my yeah. favorite interview, not necessarily the one that's most watched, it should be... Children's it, Hospital. Children's Hospital. Yeah. That totally. group, which I know you, you've been on, is... They're great. Insane. Yeah. Everybody there. I think Aaron Hayes, yeah. who's on that show, is someone that yeah, is she doesn't get much, just great. Just she so get solid. Credit. Yeah, I totally. know. She's a giant star waiting to happen, I think. Um, so this one, I, I was watching uh, your wonderful appearance in a hot tub this morning on the Today Show. Oh, yeah. It was really good. You watched that? Well, I watched it for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Wow. Um, Congrats. <laughs> doesn't really Why does that? Nerd. <laughs> that does not apply. <laughs> for operating my television and watching my work. <laughs> um, you mentioned you signed on to this without um, seeing a script. That's, that's true. That's, yeah, that's ballsy. That's, that takes cojones. Yeah, it's, it's not a smart thing to do. Um, <laughs> but I just figured it would be fun. Yeah. And I was right. But I will say that Steve Pink, the director, pitched me the movie over the phone. I agreed to, to do it. It sounded fun. And then like a month later, I got the script that they had written between him pitching me it and me getting the script. And the script was wildly different from what he had pitched me on the phone. I like it in that, like, I feel like it's the closest I'm going to get for at least a little while to a Bill and Ted uh, sequel, which I'm desperately yeah. trying to will into existence. Because yes. it is in that sort of like absurdist. Yes. Like, just embrace the insanity. Yes. Um, of time. Like... Doing away with any Don't attempt try to, to style, explain like. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, 
Looper is in a whole other universe <laughs> than a hot tub time machine. Though movie. If, if Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Bruce Willis had just walked by at a certain point, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> Looper is referenced in the movie, isn't oh, you're it? Right? Yeah. yeah Don't yeah. they say something about yes, it? Yes, they do. They do. I saw it a long time ago. I think it's slightly different now. Yeah, a lot more erotic. Uh, Very erotic. Um. So what are you up to right now? Are you Parks and Rec is done? Parks and Rec is done. Um, we finished two months ago. It was sad. Uh, it was happy in a way because we all felt great about the last season. And, and the, I think the finale is so lovely um, and funny. But I think it's a really great finale. Um, finales are really tough to do. Yeah. Um, but I think Mike and the writers really, um, really nailed it. Uh, and I, I can't wait for people to see it. Uh, it's going to come relatively soon, I feel like, because they're doing two at a time now. Yeah, t- tonight there are two episodes, and then next week is the finale. Oh, wow. So, so that's when this goes next up, Tuesday. This is the week of the finale, guys. Is this, this goes up right? This goes up Monday. Monday. That's okay, Monday. so yeah. Um, and it's really great. I think it's really funny and moving. And Are you going to watch it? Is there some kind of cast? Yeah, we're all going to get together here and do Seth Meyers um oh. as a, a group and then watch the finale together yeah um and then just have an orgy well that's how you always wrap every episode. you know it's been what seven seasons and we haven't had an orgy yet? right what's going on right that's this how is cheers Hollywood. wrapped up after that you remember that drunken final night of cheers that famous oh, yeah <laughs> they were hammered <laughs> they should have what it was on like leno or letterman what, no was it, it leno? was leno was interviewing them but they were on the cheers set right and <laughs> Um, I guess it was open bar because they were fucked up. So <laughs> um, Who do you think will be the most generous lover in the in the group? The most generous lover? Yeah, in Parks and Rec. Offerman. Yeah. Offerman is always bragging about how much he and his wife have sex and stuff. Right. He and Megan. <laughs> so I feel like he's going to have to live up to that. Yeah. And, he's probably dreading this night now. Just go crazy on everybody. <laughs> I literally, uh, speaking of Sundance, he was there for... Uh, that movie that got a lot of great reception. Oh, me and Earl, yeah. yeah. And he and Colleen Britton came up to me, and I did not recognize him until about oh, yeah. two feet away Weird, from him. Weird, right? Because totally, he has like the inverse of his yeah. facial hair right now. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's super weird. I saw him there, too, and thought that he looked super different. I couldn't place what was going on, but yeah, it was that he has a beard with no mustache. So between... I mean, it's safe to say... I mean, I don't want to... Uh, assess or put words in your mouth but like looking at your career like the probably the two most notable things on your resume in in some ways are the two tv shows yeah right yeah is that something where i mean i don't know does it surprise you is it something that that you learn from going forward are you sort of like you know obviously you have this film coming out i'm sure and you've produced some films and the overnight was very well received at sundance where's your head at because you it seems to me you're kind of like of the modern age in that you are sort of platform agnostic. You don't really give a shit what size the screen is uh-huh. as long as the content's good. Yeah, I think so. I think especially, sorry, I'm going to take my jacket off. Please do. That's a tradition. This is, short is sleeve. Short sleeve. Short sleeves under this. You understand it's like six degrees outside. I don't. Do you have a second coat? I don't acknowledge. It's right there, oh, there Josh. <laughs> I don't, don't you the, fucking the, calm down. Using the, the, my name was not necessary. <laughs> Josh? It's right there. All right, Dad. Um, 
Yeah, I, uh, I, the Ghostbusters two pictures freaking me. There's there to be Ghostbusters. That's another one. If you've heard the podcast, and I know you've heard a couple at least. That one comes up a lot, and I feel like it's like. It's more about me than them. A lot of well, people don't have anything to say about Ghostbusters. A lot of people don't recognize what it's from. <laughs> There's that. I just wanted to put something up that would make me smile or laugh every time I look Do you up. like Ghostbusters 2? Okay, so here's my thing on Ghostbusters 2. I think it's actually really funny. I think it's two-thirds of like a, a very funny movie. Yeah. Obviously, it goes without saying. Yeah. It's a whole other level on Ghostbusters. But yeah. take out Ghostbusters for a moment. Ghostbusters 2 is, is a solid, funny movie that, that makes me laugh a lot. I like I like that they – I thought it was a really good idea that they catch up with them and they're doing kids' parties. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that was a great idea. Yeah. But then it fell into like a bunch of sequel traps yeah. that were kind of a bummer. The river slime, the happy, go, the happy yeah. kind of thing by the end. It's Bigger isn't scene. always just you know taking those – Jokes and just exploding them. It missed William Atherton, I feel like. He wasn't in the sequel, right? No. He was so good. He was great. I was obsessed with him for a while. I mean, Me real too. genius. Yeah, and uh, Sugarland Express. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Right? Right? Yeah, he was... No, that was... Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, what was that guy's name? I feel like we we have a similar sort of yeah. period of movies we... Have right. encyclopedic knowledge of. Um, that I'm was, a little younger than you, so that means I'm a little more advanced. I was a little, I was a little like, yeah, smarter, it means brighter. You're somehow stupider. Um, <laughs> I feel like no, it's not William it's like, Atherton. It's and, not Jeffrey Jones. Also in that kind of vein. No, it, the bearded guy is that who you're thinking yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. That was. Um, oh, we know it's not. I mean, my internet's not working in here. I don't know. You're not thinking of the bearded guy and in, in I can't Die Hard. The name and Die the Hard. The cokehead. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not thinking of that guy. I know oh. who that guy is too. But wait, wait. He no. has a w- interesting. No, the, the um, the asshole not in the building, but he's also outside. In the, yeah, and he's also that's in the William Atherton. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Okay, we've settled it. We, we think about? you're right. <laughs> so you're you know, so, get, so the TV, internet, yes, film, I, IMAX doesn't matter. I yeah, I don't care. I think you know. When Party Down started, it was like I just needed – I didn't know what I was going to do. I was sort of um, in kind of a panic career-wise and didn't know what was going to become of me. And So where was that in the sequence? Like had – Step Brothers had, you, you had just done, you'd done come Aviator, out. You'd done Step Brothers, yeah, but you hadn't done like I know Vicious Kind was like, on the dramatic side was a big moment for you, probably. Vicious Kind I had done. Oh, you had done. Okay, I had done. It had not come out or anything. Um, yeah, Vicious Kind I had done, and then I did, and then uh, I had done Step Brothers, and a few months later shot Vicious Kind, and then. Like six months later, Step Brothers came out. Yeah. But this seems like a good time. What's well, the problem? you know what's interesting is that Step Brothers is so kind of um, regaled. But at the time when it came it out, yeah. it did well. It made like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. But I think that for whatever reason at the time, it wasn't, um, I wasn't getting any, any, um, all the kind of, St- stuff that happened, I feel, because of Step Brothers was more um, delayed for when people 
started to watch started it watching it over and over again yeah. and and kind of took ownership of it when it came out it was people thought it was funny and stuff but it was for whatever reason it wasn't like people were knocking down the door trying to get me to be and stuff and so i was kind of like so i went and auditioned for parks and rec for the pilot right. and didn't get it and was really bummed didn't know what i was going going to do had some other big pilot thing the always sunny guys had this really great science fiction pilot Ooh. and i auditioned for that and almost got it but didn't so i was sort of like i didn't know what what i was gonna do and then rob thomas called me and said remember that thing we made in my backyard two years ago well stars wants to make 10 of them and so i was like Sh sure i mean i literally had nothing else right to do and wasn't sure it was pre mad men really exploding it was pre like it was like what stars right and he's kind of what seemed to be fringier kind of yeah what's that we're all experimenting in drama and comedy and it wasn't yet to the place where content was king it was networks really mattered still so i would i didn't know if anyone would see it and we so we made the first 10 just not knowing if anyone would ever see i mean i think we all thought it would be like best case scenario it would be like psych or something mm -hmm. like a show that's there yeah but people don't go crazy i mean i know psych no i get it but like those usa shows it's like wait that's in its seventh season what is right. pacific blue like what <laughs> exactly um no disrespect to yeah, psych because no. those 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 two guys are great but um i just thought what if we, we we might do this and um and i i just thought it might be i i just didn't know and yeah. so we did it but Around like the third episode, episode it started feeling really special, and we all were like, "Are we doing something cool here?" It feels like we are, and the writing was really good. So, anyway, um, and so did that because I mean, it was never obviously like a ratings like powerhouse. No, by our any means series finale had fourteen thousand viewers. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, no, so that was three wise people, the right people were watching it. it eventually. Yeah. By the time I was on parks, it had caught on. Yeah. I think it was on Netflix and that's why. Um, but stars wasn't really pushing it out there. I remember I went to stars headquarters in Denver, uh, Lizzie Kaplan and I went there to like press the flesh or say hi to the people who work at their headquarters are in Denver and so we went out there and I remember we were like in their cafeteria and they had these little cardboard stand up things on all the tables in the cafeteria that had our picture. And it said like party down Fridays at 10 and you know, those stand up things at bars and, and Lizzie and I were like, Oh, this is great. Is this going to be in like college bars and stuff? And they're like, Oh no, no, no. This is just for our cafeteria. <laughs> Freaking big. <always>. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we were like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, we're tempering our expectations. Yes. So we never thought <laughs> right. anything would. So, but it just, that was the, there's a very long answer to your question, which was party down was a really good lesson in it's the content that yeah. matters and people will find it. Party down was difficult to find, but people eventually found it. And it ended up really being 
uh, I think, incredibly valuable for me. It was also a good lesson, like, find stuff that you enjoy and do it with people you enjoy. And if it feels good, then um, then maybe it's good and people will find that. Like, right. you should lead with your heart a little bit as far as material yeah. goes. Um Leading with your heart probably led you to Hellraiser Bloodline as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. I would have, uh, well, let's talk about your genre career because I'm, yeah. uh, a, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. So the fact that oh, you're yeah. a Star Trek film, Star Trek First Contact, which yeah. is a quality Star Trek film. Is it? What? what? I'm not a big Star Trek person, so, so I don't really know. This is our first point of cultural difference. I don't um, know why I never got into it. I love the J.J. Abrams ones, but I feel sure. like those are very Star Wars-y. The, yeah, there is that. So were you were you were on the Defiant, right? You weren't on the main ship, or did you get to the main Defiant, ship? Defiant. I only know that because my character's name is Defiant Con Officer, and I up <laughs> not, until that's not, that's not a description of his temperament. Up until this moment, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was because I was Defiant. I swear. Well, here's what you'll okay. Here's the way to figure this out: Was Patrick Stewart on your bridge, or was it Worf? Screaming? Worf. Yeah, you were on the Defiant. Yeah. Seriously? I think I died in it. Have you seen the film? Yeah, but it's unclear if I perish or not. <laughs> um, so this was an important experience, clearly, for you. Well, I think I had auditioned for some bigger role, and so this was kind of thrown to me. Right. And it you was probably were like for like the Neil McDonough role or something. Like I think you're right. Hawk. I think I think you're right. Yeah. And That's the I up, I would say, was Hawk. Yeah. I would okay. Say that. I think I was in and out of there in like three hours to shoot my role. Yeah. I, th- I remember coming home and it was like 1 p.m. Right. And for Hellraiser, which predated that, this is a very early, maybe first film. First film. First yeah. film. Yeah. This was the fourth in the series. Yeah. Did you go back and watch the first three? Did you feel like? I did. Did that help you? It, it helped tremendously. Shock? I remember it was my first movie and I was super excited to get the job. But even with all that, excitement coursing through my veins i watched the first three and was like these are terrible (laughs) (laughs) i know my place in the universe i'm in the third sequel to a terrible french yes um but i still thought it would be a big deal i didn't i didn't watch it in preparation for this hellraiser 4 yeah well bloodline no it's super shitty i mean it's one of the few films that's directed by Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. I was going to ask about that. Did you have a sense that the director was not enjoying himself or that he was going to be removed or something? Kevin um, Yeager was the original director. He's a special effects uh, makeup artist. And he was really cool. And I think they fired him or something and got someone else to do. Because we did like two different things of reshoots. This was like 20 years ago. Um, How was your makeup in the film? Did you did you at least nail that? Uh, yeah, I got killed. I don't remember how I get killed in the movie, but I know that at one point I disintegrated from old age, rapid aging. <laughs> like like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade style, Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, uh, it's terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not in it very much. I mean, it's really not that... Right. At the time, it was a big deal, but it's really nothing. Was, who was your first successful friend, peer? Was it like, was Rudd? Was Rudd, that, yeah, Rudd. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And was he someone that was like, okay, I see what he's doing. 
that's a path. I could see myself in something similar to what the right. career he's crafting. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Because me and Rudd were friends because we went to the same school. Right. He was there a bit before me, but we kind of knew similar people. So we became fast friends after I had graduated from the school. And Clueless came out quickly, like 95, I guess. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I always was like, Man, because from 93 on, I was just hitting the pavement trying to get jobs. And I worked pretty steadily all the way up until, you know, just doing guest spots and indies. And it wasn't like I wasn't working. I was just never, I never found the thing that I would. And looking back now, I, I was like, it's, it's easy to see that I just never found the thing I excelled at. Like I was never, I never found the thing that made me feel comfortable. Like I was always pushing it. I wanted it too much. Like I was leaning into the ball a little too much. I know nothing about sports, but that's (laughs) the metaphor I'm going with. So what was the, was was it all the way until party down that like you feel like I'm in my element? I don't, I guess, you know, I, I did this HBO show, Tell Me You Love Me, which was ultimately a really serious, like depressing show, very good show. Now you watch it and you can see that it may have been influential, I think, just filmmaking wise on television, just kind of stark reality. And it was like her, Cynthia Moore, the creator of the show, her whole idea was to strip away all artifice, all pushing for emotion, all filmmaking artifice all acting artifice and just stark reality and i think that was really good for me to sort of because i remember while we were making the show i was looking around at entertainment at filmed entertainment thinking that's bullshit that's bullshit that's bullshit but that's bullshit like we're just making something that is um no more exciting nor boring than real life that's what she was going for and I, i really admired that um, and I feel like that sort of gave me this new perspective on acting and not really pushing for it and not really and just trying to just kind of relax. And so I think it affected me in a positive way. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's the job party down kind of me falling into that or me getting a little older and kind of being a little more comfortable in my own skin. Um, But yeah, watching Rudd get that go from clueless on was really inspiring. Um, And, but, and we were, you know, we're good friends. So it was tough too. You know, Paul quickly became like a big star and I was still like scrounging for, guest spots on so but we were such good friends that um you know it kind of it kind of all that stuff sort of would fall to the wayside but you know i'd be lying if i said it wasn't tough sometimes sure and now he's a superhero now he's ant-man how crazy yeah it's great have you seen the trailer for it of course it's awesome yeah 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 it looks Um, really good i think that rudd's um, being hilarious is going to be 
really, really a kind of terrific um, uh, thing to have in one of those movies. And um, yeah, he's one of those guys I mean, like yourself and like the people I enjoy hanging around with and talking to the most. Like, he's just like when people ask like, oh, you know, what's Paul Rudd like? He's like, he's exactly what you would think he's like. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's terrific. Um, You've also worked with another Marvel superhero, I think. Did you share some time with Benedict on Black Mass? I was gonna. You know, I, was, I was worried for a second that, like, I was gonna say, "Oh, you're going to so down the comedy route." What about drama? And then I was like, "Oh, wait, you're in this heavy drama thing coming out." Is soon. he in a Marvel movie? Yeah, he's Doctor Strange. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, your interview with Ethan Hawke. You know, Ethan Hawke's interviews that he was doing around that period so for boyhood right? they were really something to listen to yeah. i feel I, I found those to be pretty inspiring particularly this one Thanks, yeah. he was he's a great subject because i feel he really actually thinks about the questions and and he's got and he's gone through the roller coaster yeah. a couple times oh absolutely um and so self-aware about it um that's the movie i think boyhood that's my you, that's your personal yeah that and the guest i think are my favorites from guest last year. i just caught up with like a month ago did you so see great. it isn't it great <laughs> so great so oh my fun. god i like that the previous one too what was it the um oh i'm fucking blanking on it oh you're next yes you're next yeah this was solid too yeah they're they're i felt the guest was like really just fully realized yeah like that is they were doing something really yeah, special. There. It has a kind of like John Carpenter kind yeah. of vibe to it. Like a remember Commando that Schwarzenegger. Sure. It kind of felt like Commando <laughs> a little bit. This is a good thing. Yeah, we need more Commando. In the yeah, universe. yeah. Have you met Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um. Uh, wow, this is how big you are. You don't even remember. Maybe no. I I can't. I know that I've been in, in proxy. Yeah. Uh, Rob Lowe had a book party and I was there and I remember standing next to Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was making some like dirty joke. That's and I was about like, right. I can't yep. believe I'm here for the, this is great. Um, have you heard Hater talk about his time as a personal yeah. assistant? Oh yeah. On um, <laughs> Eraser? I think it was Collateral. Oh, collateral, you're right. Not Collateral. No, uh, Collateral Damage. Collateral, collateral Damage, right. Movie. Yeah, yeah. So wait, uh, so Black Mass, I'm just curious about this because Oh have, yeah. Did you have a good time? Was that? Yeah, it was great. Um, I um, met Benedict Cumberbatch, but we didn't. I mean, I'm in a scene with him, but we don't really yeah. interact in the movie. I'm just kind of there. But um, but also, definitely he was super crazy. nice, really, really cool guy. But um, uh, um, I mean, do you, do you, are you conscious of that kind of thing where it's like, okay, now my comedy chops are like I, I've got a rep, like I've got. Like yeah, people are hiring me and look to me for that. Great. Yeah. I want to remind them I can also do. Something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Step Brothers was my first. That, that's my first kind of foray into comedy, which is, I I say it was like learning to throw the javelin at the Olympics. Right. You know, it was nerve wracking, but it was my first real kind of foray into it. Before that, it was mostly like dramatic stuff. So yeah, I I'm. Um, doing Black Mass was certainly uh, really um, fun for those reasons for doing something just totally different. I'm going to steal a question that I often hear. I'm a consumer of podcasts as much as I am a creator. Yeah. A one that uh, Chris Hardwick often asks, but I feel like this is valid. Sure. Would you want to host something? I feel like you could be a good interviewer. Oh, like a... Like, like a... I don't know. Daily Show well, has an opening. 
That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I mean, I have my my podcast with Scott Ackerman, right? Um, but we don't really interview people. We right. just talk and you're, act like morons. So you're just not interested in other people. No, 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 no. I'm a sociopath. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I do love. I think the only thing I would be good at is interviewing like uh, filmmakers or actors, because yeah. um, that's what I'm most interested in. But I don't, I don't think I would be particularly good at it. Like, at, no better than anyone that's already doing it. So, so why do it? What's the does greatest event in television history have a path or is it continuing in the way that you guys have been doing it? Like, is, is there is there an extension of that you, that you guys are thinking of in terms no, of the I, longer form or anything? I don't think so. I don't think we'll do any more of them um, really? just because they're super hard to make. I think. Um, and we had very, very low budgets. Uh, they were really fun. They're but great. by the time we finished... Bosom Buddies was was the final one, <laughs> and w- when we finished shooting that one, we I was like I kind of felt like this is a bummer that we've ended on one that is clearly not going to cut together into anything. This is not going to work. <laughs> um, we've sort of taken something that was funny at first and totally run it into the ground. Um, this is this sucks, and then we cut it together, and it was everyone's favorite one. Yeah. So it ended up working at least enough to fill um, nine minutes. Right. It ended up being, I think, eleven minutes in total, including the opening credit sequence. So we had to shoot, we had to cut together nine minutes of story before the credit sequence, right? And we only had four days to shoot the entire thing, including. Usually, we had like. Heart to heart, we had like three weeks, really, just to shoot. Well, three we had solid we weeks had, of shooting. We had Amy for five days, but beyond that, we had three weeks to go out in the helicopter and shoot the <laughs> speedboat. You know, we had time. Yeah. But then we had this line producer who um, ended up completely like spending our budget on really dumb stuff and not telling us about it. So what ended up happening was we had to shoot our final episode and we were out of money because, and we had to get, get rid of the line producer. And then we had, we owed them an episode and had plan had, um, had, uh, had started pre-production. So we, we had to shoot this thing, but we were so low on money. We had to shorten everything to four days and we're in a panic and this is all not interesting. No, but I want to know who fired the line producer. Was it you, your wife? Was it, it was me. How'd that go? It was felt great. <laughs> what did you say? I want to be the line producer. It was okay. an email. And okay. I said, um, wow, you go that way. I said, uh, we are, what did I say? I had several drafts <laughs> of the email. <laughs> Um, so, was this the, the tamest of them? Were, were there expletives? Oh, itself? no, no. It was incredibly was, tame and okay, professional, okay. what I ended up sending. Got it. Because my, my wife was like, you can't send that. What are you doing? No. <laughs> so what I ended up sending was like, we are, unfortunately, we are um, no longer working with you effective immediately. This is some sort of official yeah, yeah, yeah. sounding thing. I have no idea what I was doing writing this email. But it was a bummer. So we had to shoot it, and we did. And 
um, we were in a rush and it was frenzied and, and then it ended up cutting together fine. But we were just sort of like, let's yeah. move on and find other stuff. It's to like do. being at the casino and sort of like, okay, walking away from the yeah. table. Totally. Because I felt like if we did another one, how, uh, Paul Shear and I wrote them and how many more ideas could we have about right. the behind the scenes of this thing? We were kind of pushing it a little bit already, right. Right. <laughs> coming up with four stories having right. to do. So, um, I think uh, I think it was time to it's, hang it up. It's a shame, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Looking back at the stuff you and I grew up on movies and TV, um, I'm sure you're starting to expose your kids as they come to an age where they can yeah, appreciate sure. things yeah. in movies. And there's, I'm sure there's stuff you're like super excited. Like, I can't wait to show them this. Yeah, but the TV just doesn't generally speaking, hold up in that way That's for true. a variety of reasons. That's true. Like, we can't, I don't know, I can't think of, like, I you guess mean Cheers, like, maybe. Like, Cheers, like, yeah, Cheers, Cheers holds up. Cheers is my favorite sitcom all yeah, time, I would say. Yeah, that really holds up. But, like, speaking of Greatest Event, we would go back and look at episodes of Simon right. & Simon. Like, watch a 42-minute episode, and it's, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the shoe leather they sh- they show them driving in the car, them, <laughs> them pulling up to the house, them getting out of the car, them walking, closing the car, locking it, walking up the entire walkway to the front door, knocking on the door, waiting, then someone opens the door and the scene st- like Right, it's a procedural in the wow. sense of the... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but film, so what's, what's, on, what's on your list or what have you been able to show or what are you dying to show... I'm dying to show my eight-year-old son Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's my favorite movie. And I feel like I don't think he's ready for it because kids' movies now are very different from kids' movies when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's some dark stuff in Raiders. Yeah, like I showed them Goonies recently, and we had to turn it off because they both freaked out. Sloth? What? Is Sloth the big guy? Yeah. Yeah, that freaked the (laughs) shit out of me. Oh, my God. But also, all the kids are saying shit constantly. Uh, there's some pretty racist stuff happening. <laughs> well, Data, the whole character, is pretty much a yeah. Walking and then also of- Corey Feldman's relationship with the maid and tricking oh, her by right. knowing Spanish—that's <laughs> right. questionable. I, there's got to be something racist there. Um, but it's a terrific movie, yes. and I love how Richard Donner just let all the kids. Everyone's talking at once. Yeah. It's kind of what got annoying in the Lethal Weapon movies was everyone – by Lethal Weapon 4, you're like, all right, shut the fuck up, everybody. <laughs> Seriously. But in Goonies, it's it really works. Like those kids are really free. It feels free. real. It feels kind it's of – It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't wait till they're ready to watch. But now I feel like kids' movies are so gentle that it's a bummer. Like E.T. freaked them out. Yeah. Um, they enjoyed it, but it's crazy. I mean, the the world that's set up in ET is so. Um, it's very seventies in its tone. It's very kind of very naturalistic. It feels real, yeah. and then this little green guy waddles in, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. because now everything is so heightened yes. that the green guy is just part of a fantasy world. But ET is very kind of it's like divorce, and yeah. it feels real, and then this guy comes in. Um, Raiders, yeah, Raiders is a perfect film. It is. Temple of Doom is a great film, too. Temple of Doom is my personal favorite. Yeah. But Raiders, 
um, is just the the I feel the best movie ever. I do love I I I will already like top five opening sequences of all time is Temple of Doom. Oh my god! Right? Uh, yeah, I just watch it sometimes. It's all the way up till they drift into view of the uh, of the what's his name Dan Aykroyd closing the door. No, no, drift <laughs> into view uh, of the. Uh, the uh, Sham. Oh, sure, Sham. sure. Yeah, like the, the, the once they enter India. Like India? Yeah, India. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, when Dan Aykroyd, clo- <laughs> when he closes the nice door try, on Dan Aykroyd. Nice try, Lao Shea. Nice try, Shea Airlines. <laughs> exactly. We're not even halfway through that right, sequence. Right, they still got the raft coming out of the, oh yeah, my yeah. God. Uh, Do you remember seeing that in the theater? Oh, my God. I remember having, like, the collectible. There was, like, a booklet or something. Oh, it yeah. had, like, the, like, official. Sure. There was all that stuff that, like, went along with, like, the official movie magazine yes. of those movies. I had all of that I stuff. I had the Back to the Future one. I had the Temple of Doom one. Yeah. I had all the Temple of Doom gear so good uh, that movie is so so fun yeah, I've, I've talked about this before in the podcast but I feel like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is is my most disappointing film going experience ever it was just so deflating I, I, I it really bummed me out and I, felt, I still I fell asleep in it watching it for the you first did. time literally how is that possible in Indiana Jones <laughs> and you were probably so psyched to so see psyched. it had you heard it it was not great no because it was like a press saw. screening so like I feel like nobody had seen it yet but like I still had High hope. So it was probably the worst. At what point condition. did you did you know it wasn't great? It, it was when they because I, I will argue. Speaking of opening sequences, I actually think the, I know it gets a lot of shit. The nuke the fridge thing or whatever, or him in the in the fridge. I like nuke the fridge. By I, the way, me too. I, I think, thought it was funny. I think it's actually the opening sequence is is like okay. It's yeah. fine. The first yeah. twenty minutes are fine for an Indiana yeah. Jones movie. They're not great. They're okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of in. It's past the chase through the library. It's when they. I don't know why they did this, but like, why did they shoot like the where, wherever they go? I don't even remember, but they're in you know like um, some exotic locale that feels like it's been shot on a back lot. If it, somehow they they oh, didn't yeah. go on location, it seems crazy. I that's one of the things I love about Temple of Doom is that they're in Sri Lanka, yeah, and everybody looks like they're tired. <laughs> yeah. They look like they've been sleeping on the ground, yeah. which they they're. Probably weren't, but they were probably sleeping in. Uh, they were probably in accommodations that were not the great, you know, whatever. In Crystal Skull, it looks like everyone sleeping in the Pacific Palisades. Right. <laughs> like everyone looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, just to, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like in Crystal Skull, the moment that I was a little disappointed was in that opening sequence when. The chase starts inside the warehouse. Yes. Remember? Yes. I remember when the chase started, everybody's chasing him. I remember thinking, wait, I don't know why they're chasing him. (laughs) It's not – it hasn't been made clear to me. Yeah. I don't think I'm stupid, (laughs) but I feel like in every other one, I know exactly what's happening. Uh, But then the nuke the fridge thing, I I thought was like, wow, that's pretty funny and – I don't know why everyone got so hung up on how realistic that was. Like, who cares? It's yeah. not. He ate know. monkey brains, whatever, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. although that's probably something based on some reality. Mm-hmm. How crazy would it be? It sounds like this is like way early days, but if, yeah. if, if Pratt ends up yeah. in the Jones, that would be insane. It'd be great. <laughs> I wonder what they would do to reboot Indiana Jones. Would they actually have someone else play that same character? It sounds like it. I feel like the, I think that's the way to do it is to treat it, set the precedent as Bond. Like, yeah. It, it's scary. It's like a, how do you even do that? Yeah. But. I think if they're going to do that, Pratt's a great choice. I yeah. mean, he's like, 
Um, could you buy yourself in that kind of thing? Could you buy yourself as a superhero as like yeah. running around with a gun? Have you yeah. have you gone up for that kind of stuff? No, but I I those are you know I love those movies. I loved. Uh, Do you see John Wick? Yeah, I love John that Wick. That was terrific, wasn't it? <laughs> so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure. Why not? Um, we need to let you out into the wild. We're going to go play Cones of Dunshire. Oh, okay. Um, but Have, has it been long? In, how long was that? We, we're at about an hour. Oh, really? Okay, by. that went really fast. Um, I, I, I'm good on uh, if you have anything else you want to ask. I'm not. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm not, not that so, so much pressure. We covered Hellraiser. That's what I want to spend oh, 15 good. minutes okay, on. Okay, great. Um, that's the <laughs> that's the important part. But I, I really do love this show. I, I really do think that. Uh, I think part of it is that the questions you ask are are close to what I you know the stuff I want to I want to know about. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Coming from a fellow podcaster, <laughs> I don't think I qualify. <laughs> truly, you're working with royalty, Scott Ackerman. Man. Yeah, <laughs> on this dumb. You know, I was on Letterman last night. I, I watched. Yeah. Oh, okay. He brought up the yeah. podcast, which I was surprised by, and I feel like. Just talking to David Letterman about my dumb <laughs> podcast, I started feeling like I need. I, I I started really coming down hard on the podcast. Just just a pile of garbage. Scott sent you a note afterwards, like thanks a lot. No, for he hasn't. But I need to email him and say I I didn't know what to say. I didn't. Right. No, that's surreal. He is. I mean, Letterman is my favorite person in the universe. So talking to him about the podcast was just weird yeah. so i felt like i had to insult it endlessly i get it i get it and, yeah. I, and i and i i've talked about this before too i can't believe yeah the fact that letterman's going off the yard I mean, yeah. john it kills me too but yeah. i saw the writing on the wall yeah and, and letterman we knew the day would come but yeah i grew up he was my he was my guy. oh yeah uh, unbelievable um hot sub time machine 2 yes is the film so this comes out after it's, it's been gonna, this released is, this, is, this is the second wave guys oh, it's out gotta go check it out but keep checking it out yes because 50 shades of gray must be brought down yes um and uh it's always good to catch up with you yeah thanks you too josh thanks for having me That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Hop. Pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.